Hello, everybody, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell, and that is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And uh, we do this show called Solid Steps Radio. A few years back, we got together and says, let's do a show for guys. And there's a lot more story to that. But uh, the whole time, we wanted to do two things primarily. We wanted to tell the story that God is writing in men's lives because guys are really good talking about sports, politics, and weather. But when we start talking about the things of the inner world, your heart, your soul, your life beyond this world and l- walking in this world with purpose, eh, sometimes we kind of shy away from it. So, you think? <laughs> a little bit. Guys tend to do that. I am in that category as well, just as easy. But we wanted to do a show that was just a tool and maybe in your toolbox. And the second thing we want to do is we want to help men to walk with Jesus Christ because we believe that you are living your destiny as a man fully when you are identifying with the death, burial, resurrection, and person of Jesus Christ. Which segues pretty good into what we're going to talk about today, because when you hear this, you may, in this world of technology and, and, and information, you may hear this days, weeks, months, maybe even years after we've taped it. So we're taping this four days, Wednesday, Thursday, before Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday is a week before Easter Sunday, which is kind of a big deal in the hallmark of history. Whether you believe it or not, it is. So we're going to talk today about the death of Jesus, not from a spiritual, how can I be saved, which we will incorporate that in there, but the physiological death. And no better could a person talk about the physiological death than a person who's been teaching at a university level, physiological, I don't even know the right word, stuff (laughs) to students about the death of Jesus, not necessarily about what happened on that Friday, but with the physiological aspects of the death and how it means what it means to us today. So yeah, so Chad, we are welcoming Dr. Gary Anderson. Gary, it's great to have you here. Thank you. I'm I'm glad to be here. It's a joy and honor just to let our listeners know. So you uh, you got your undergrad out in uh, Washington State. You did your graduate work at Arizona. I uh, did, and you've been teaching 35 years at the University of Louisville. I have. You made a statement before we even started uh, that you have taught every medical student from 1988, did you say? to Through tw- about, about 2014. <laughs> wow. I, I teach a, a freshman class, and so every student that's first year would take physiology, and I would be part of the course, and that's, got to meet them all. That's pretty cool. And uh, Chad, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, he was a part of the, uh, the first hand transplant in america back in 19 what did we say 1999 1999. we're trying to figure out what year it was yeah and uh that's that's so cool it's very cool the the reality we have an authority we do have an authority he knows more than you and me combined right uh, ever uh, uh, yes he's forgotten more than we'll ever know yes so physiologically we want to talk about the medical aspects of jesus crucifixion and his um and his death and so you know gary um, first of all, you, you've been teaching this. You started. You, you said you started this teaching sixth graders uh, at church, and now you've taught it at U of L um, with medical students, and you've have made this presentation boatloads of times. Yeah, quite a few times, and it, it was it was fun to start with uh, sixth grade boys <laughs> Sunday school class. Uh, and researched the article. It was an a, a article written in Journal of the American Medical Association. 
about this and uh, I looked it up and presented it to the students and then just kept going from there. Talk with, with our listeners real quick about the Old Testament Passover and um, the connection that Jesus became our Passover lamb. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, one of the key things about this uh, medical aspects of crucifixion is that um, the first thing is that death by crucifixion is, is because of suffocation uh, and you can't breathe properly and that's why, why you die. But one of the things that happens is the soldiers would, would come to the victim and usually break their legs so that they couldn't continue to breathe. And I'll explain more about that. But you have to be able to push up with your legs if you're nailed to the cross to be able to breathe. And so by breaking the victim's legs, they would not be able to continue to breathe and they would die fairly quickly, actually within probably half an hour. So well, let's let's start on the uh, the whole process. You know, even before the the actual crucifixion of Jesus, let's, uh, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he is sweating drops of blood. What what really is that? Well, that, that's a that's something that happens when you're under uh, extreme um, anxiety and stress related. Uh, it's a physiological thing. It happens. Uh, it's been recorded in history that it happens to people. Uh, like soldiers going into battle or men on death row who are about to be executed have have experienced this and it's you, you're so intense and the, there's a physiological response of your sympathetic nervous system it's part of the fight or flight response and it's so intense that it can cause rupture of some capillaries in the skin and cause sweat that you know looks like drops of blood and Jesus went through that in the garden of gethsemane because he knew what was about to happen, he knew everything about it. Uh, he was subjecting himself to it, but he still experienced the extreme stress and anxiety of thinking about this pending crucifixion. The Bible teaches that as he, you know, he's coming out of the garden and eventually as he's crucified, um, the actual crucifixion was about how long? Well, it took, uh, the whole process took about 12 hours. 12 hours. Before. Because it started with being arrested, being beaten, being flogged, being led up to Calvary and put on the cross at about 9 o'clock in the morning. And he was there until 6 o'clock in the afternoon before he died. So he was suffering on the cross a long time and forcing himself to, to breathe by using his legs to push push himself up. And the connection about the uh, the Passover thing is that when the soldiers came to break his legs so that he couldn't breathe, he was already dead. And so they didn't break his legs. That's a big point because in the Passover, God specifically told Israel, the Passover lamb, who is you know, the lamb that is slain to save the world, uh, would not, do not break any of the bones of that lamb. And it's a, it's a precursor to the fact that Jesus, the lamb that provides salvation, would also not have any of his bones broken, and it's all, it's predicted in the Psalms that that would not happen, and it didn't. And it's and John brought it up in the Gospels that that was a fulfillment of prophecy. So the issue of breaking bones is a is a big deal in terms of God's sovereignty and how He provided for this across time. You 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 wonder if if uh, John. As he's writing, he didn't break his bones. He, he was reflecting back to Psalm 22 that said, 
his bones will not be broken. No doubt about it, because he says that. He says this is a fulfillment of prophecy. Gary, talk with us about the flogging. So, I mean, he goes through the trials, and we we won't have probably a time for all that. So let's just get to the flogging and what transpired there. Well, flogging was a, a customary practice with the Romans in regard to crucifixion. It was to weaken weaken the person and make them more susceptible to being crucified. Plus, you know, it was a, a punishment. It was, the Romans wanted to make a, a spectacle out of crucifixion so that it would deter people from being criminals. But in Jesus' case, he was no criminal. But there was so much hatred um, among the Jews of his claim to be God that they made such a ruckus about it that you know, the Romans, you know, wanted to put this down. So they were very brutal. So the flogging was he would be tied to a post uh, and they would whip him on the back with um, a whip that that had many leather tongs that had pieces of bone or metal at the ends just to cause damage. Uh, and it wasn't so much to cause bleeding, although it did. The main effect of it was that the, there was so much bruising on Jesus' back, back of his legs and his back, that he lost a lot of fluid, blood and tissue fluid that swelled up underneath the skin. <clears throat> and because of that, he was low on blood. He was what we call hypovolemic, had low blood volume. And when you're that way <clears throat> and you're under stress, your heart has to work extra hard to try to keep yourself alive because you have a limited amount of blood to circulate throughout your body, a limited amount of blood to go to your lungs, pick up oxygen from the air that you breathe and bring it back to the rest of your body. That produced a problem with his heart that we can talk about as we go. We just think about the crucifixion, but sometimes we forget about the brutal aspect of the flogging. We're going to continue to just really unpack all of this We need to take a break. So we're going to take a break, come back, and talk about more aspects of the death of Jesus and uh, really give us a fresh perspective because every time we hear an Easter sermon, we always tend to hear the same story, but maybe from a different perspective. So we're going to take a break, be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. I want to thank our sponsors of our show, Ellen and Credit Union, their local lender who does all kinds of lending, whether it's personal, business, checking, you name it. Ellen and Credit Union have been around for years and they're helping the community in the from the financial aspect. Vision First Eye Care, they've got uh, tons of locations all over. You throw a rock and you can be near a Vision First uh, Eye Care if you need glasses, contacts, or you need your eyes checked for health. Vision First Eye Care, you're more than a set of eyes to them. You're a person. And then Bright Star Home Care, if you have a loved one who is going to be needing care, whether it's one day a week to visit or 24-7 visiting care in their homes, Bright Star Home Care can do that. And we want to thank our uh, our guest, Gary, Dr. Gary, uh, for coming in today. And he's talking about, uh, if you're just joining us, the physiological death of Jesus. Uh, he's been teaching that for decades at University of Louisville. And question I had was this. Um, we talked the first segment about how the time frame it would take to for somebody to die and the soldiers had to go break the legs in order to, to hasten it. Was it, do you think it was their intent to put a hurting on him during the flogging that that would do the job more than the crucifixion would? Or was it 
business as usual because when you watch the Passion of the Christ, that beating he took, you think, well, did they do that with everyone or was that really where they wanted to hurt him and the crucifixion was the kind of the icing on the cake? Well, I, th- I think they did They did want to hurt him and the, the beating was, was more severe than usual, but I think it was not uh, any premonition on the soldier's part to try to hasten his death. I think it was about all the turmoil that was surrounding the, the Jews and all the issues and the, <clears throat> the outcry of the, the Jews to have Jesus killed. And I think they just responded to that emotionally. And the beating was very severe, uh, probably longer than usual. And uh, you can tell that because Jesus had to uh, have help carrying carrying the cross beam of the cross up to Calvary. So when Simon of Cyrene was grabbed out of the crowd to help him carry it, it was because he was too weak to carry it himself. And that wouldn't usually be the case. But the flogging was so severe that he had lost a lot of body fluids and he didn't have enough blood to really have his heart pump enough blood around his body to, to keep him going well. So he was very weak. Talk, Gary, talk to our listeners about him carrying the beam and what that would have been like after having just been flogged. Yeah, the beam is, you know, pretty heavy, uh, like a railroad tie or something, almost a pretty heavy beam that would be tied across his arms and carried up to Mount Calvary, and it was an uphill climb and so forth. So it would have been very difficult to do, and he needed help with that. He wasn't able to do it, and they, did, they didn't want him to die on the way. They wanted to you know, make a spectacle of his crucifixion, so they, you know, grabbed Simon of Cyrene to help him carry that up to the, to the Mount Calvary. So, so now they get him up to Calvary. Um, physically, what are they going to do next? <clears throat> well, in crucifixion, they, they uh, nail the, the victim's hands. Say, so Actually, they put nails in the wrists to secure him to the crossbeam, and then they attach the crossbeam to the upright part of the cross, and then they lift that up and, and drop it into a slot. And then he's raised up in the air and... His feet are nailed uh, to the lower part of the cross. And then the, the, the difficulty uh, when you're in that position, there's so much pressure on your arms um, pulling down your body weight, hanging off, off your hands nailed wide to the cross. It's like a gymnast trying to do a, an iron cross. You can't hold that position physically because the, the angle is so, so great. You have to sag down. Jesus would sag down about 30 degrees because of his body weight, and that would pull on his arms so much that it might dislocate his shoulders and elbows. It's very painful. In fact, <clears throat> uh, death by crucifixion uh, gave rise to our, our term excruciating pain because excrucio, the Latin term, means out of the cross. And so we use the term excruciating to describe the kind of painful process that goes through crucifixion. So as Jesus would sink down on the cross, uh, the problem with breathing becomes that your shoulders are connected to your rib cage, and as you pull very hard, uh, well, your weight on your shoulders, it pulls your rib cage open and makes you to breathe in. The problem is breathing out. You can't exhale. You can't exhale because you're in a position where your chest is pulled open, and the only way you can get the pressure off your arms is push up with your legs to try to relieve that pressure to be able to exhale to, to take the next breath. And so it's a very difficult process. You'd have to struggle mightily, pushing and pushing. Uh, and when you're out of energy and out of blood, it's a very hard thing to continue to do. And that's the reason they would break the, you know, Jesus' legs 
if he hadn't already died because they wanted to be on the Sabbath. They didn't want to prolong the crucifixion into the evening, and so they would uh, have they to were trying to, They were trying to expedite. <clears throat> they would have, yeah, yeah. and they expedited on the other the other, the two. other two, but yes. uh, Jesus, he was already dead. And they, they confirmed that by pushing a spear into his side. Uh, let's back up just a little bit. So um, in, in your presentation, you talk about um, the, nail that go, the nails that go in his wrists. There's really a nerve there. There is. There's a, a real uh, important nerve in, in the middle of your hand called the ulnar and a meteor, medium nerve in, in your wrist. It's the same nerve that goes behind your elbow and it as it goes up your arm and if you bump that nerve you know it's called the funny bone mm-hmm. it hurts uh, well if you put a nail in that nerve in your wrist it hurts even more uh. and so part of the, the excruciating pain related to crucifixion are the nails that are in the wrists and there are similar nerves in the feet like that and their nails hit those nerves and so the blood vessels in the arm and leg are not in the middle and you won't bleed a lot because of a nail being put in your in your wrist, but you will have a lot of pain uh, as you crush that that nerve, and um, both hands and both feet. Yeah, that's brutal. Okay, so now um, he's nailed to the cross, excruciating pain. He's already been flogged. He's carried the beam up. They've they've nailed him, and now they're gonna make the the cross upright describe that just for a little bit it's uh you know his his back is is raw so he's going to be rubbing his back against that that wooden cross as he tries to push up and down he's got you know his body weight pulling on his arms so much elbows and shoulders may dislocate adding to the pain and then he's trying to push up with limited energy and resources with his legs to try to breathe and he endures that for a long time, six hours. He was on the cross. I, I don't think we can even really fathom this. No. I, when I first encountered it, I, I was, you know, I, I knew I was saved by Jesus' death and crucifixion, but when I looked at this article and looked into it, I was overwhelmed by the amount of suffering that he went through. You know, to, to, ha- to have someone say, well, Jesus died for my sins uh, is not enough to say Jesus suffered mightily and died for my sins is uh is what struck me what um as you have shared this what what has been your response from folks as you've made this presentation uh, most people are very very sober uh you know respond in a, a very sobering and 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 intense way i've had some people during this presentation uh actually pass out thinking about all that had happened um, so it is very, uh, I don't know, touching to, to encounter you, how much suffering Jesus really went through. As has you, have you seen anybody cry as you've made this? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's happened. Yeah, probably. And anytime there's a large audience, I would say it's almost every time somebody. Was the the movie The Passion of the Christ? You've seen that movie? Have you not? The one uh, Mel Gibson's. Mel Gibson, okay. I, saw, I saw that. Yeah. Okay, did you watch that with your eyes, thinking, "Okay, I can, I, I understand that more." Do you think it was pretty close to what 
It was. It was. It was pretty realistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I never knew if that's if if it was over because usually when you see the crucifixion, you see a skinny guy on a cross with a little bit of blood dripping down, and he's having conversations with people, and he seems uncomfortable. And I'm mm. like, that can't be as. It had to be a whole lot worse than that. But then when you see Mel Gibson's version of, which is probably the most graphic that we've ever seen on video, that seems a little bit more. Would you say what it should have looked like? That's more realistic. In fact, I'm not sure it's even worse than that. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was quite an ordeal. Mm. Oh, I, I don't think we can fully really imagine the, the suffering that he endured. So we're going to take a break, come back, and talk a couple more segments about what this crucifixion, uh, more details of it. And it, hopefully it will give you a fresh perspective on it. And we're going to also uh, talk at the end about what if, He's presented this, Gary has presented this to hundreds, thousands of people over the years. And we're going to talk about what that may look like from uh, being in a secular university's perspective and just what the response has been. So we're going to talk about that probably in the fourth segment. So come on back and listen to Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors of our show, Frank Enterprises. If you know uh, of anyone who has any water drainage issues, septic issue, landscaping, Frank Enterprises can help them out. Dan Hart Financial, if you know anybody who wants to talk about a retirement, what it is to plan a retirement or have a wise retirement, uh, Dan Hart can do that. Southern Smoke Catering, southernsmokecatering.com. They are a catering-only barbecue catering company that you would love, and we do, and uh, they are award-winning. southernsmokecatering.com. Put some south in your mouth. And they also, we're coming today from uh, the Louisville Podcast Studio. If you want to make a professional, I mean, top-notch, sounding great, looking great podcast, the studio looks awesome. Go to our Facebook page. You can see what the uh, live feed looks like. You go to podloo.com. That's P-O-D-L-O-U.com. Thank them for sponsoring our show. So, Gary, uh, uh, let's talk about, so Jesus is now hanging on the cross for hours uh, the nails, the, I mean, the brutal, I, it's got to be just, I, I, we can't even begin to really fully grasp this after the flogging. And, uh, but now, um, before, they, they, I mean, his, the criminals next to him on either side, they're going to get their legs broken. But Jesus is, he's, tr- he's trying to breathe. D- again, describe this, the kind of the full process. Yeah, he's he's struggling to breathe and... You know, because crucifixion is death by suffocation. Uh, a lot of times you hear that and you don't have a clear idea what that means. When you're suspended on the cross and you, your chest is pulled open by the muscles of your arms being pulled by so much weight, um, you're forced to breathe in. But in order to accomplish full respiration, you have to breathe out, bring in fresh air on the next breath, use oxygen in that air to to bind to your red blood cells and your heart will send those red blood cells around your body to deliver that oxygen to all parts of your body. So if you're on a cross and you're trying to breathe, it's very difficult, you're taking very shallow breaths. The breaths are so shallow that the air doesn't get fully down deep into the lungs where it has to exchange from the air sacs and get into the red blood cells so the red blood cells can carry that oxygen everywhere. And so you have a very shallow breath. It's, it's like trying to breathe in a way, uh, in a swimming pool, if you jump in a swimming pool and you have a hose and you try to breathe through that hose, uh, you can't move enough air through the hose. You're just moving air up and down the hose 
but you're not really getting it all the way to you. <clears throat> when you breathe shallowly, you do the same thing. You're moving air up and down your trachea, up and down the big uh, bronchial tubes of your lungs, but you're not getting it all the way to the bottom of the lungs, and therefore you're not really getting oxygen where it needs to be. Uh, you can suffocate anytime you have, you're forced to breathe very shallow, or you can suffocate if you get fluid in your lungs between the air sacs so the fluid, the oxygen can't get from the air sacs to the red blood cells. So you can essentially drown in your own fluid if there's a lot of trauma, or if you're physically compressed to not be able to breathe, you, you suffocate because you don't move enough air all the way up and down. So Jesus has this problem. He can't get enough air into his lungs for his heart to be able to pick it up as it pushes the blood through the lungs and there's not enough oxygen going out to the tissues and the tissues are screaming we need more oxygen so the heart works harder and it works harder but there's not enough oxygen to be had in the lungs because the breathing is too shallow there's a lot of trauma there's some fluid build up in the lungs because of the trauma there's fluid build up around the heart because the friction of the heart beating so hard against the, the thin lining that surrounds the heart called the pericardium, there's a blister that develops around the outside of the heart from the friction of excessive beating that's not really accomplishing its job because there's not enough oxygen in the lungs, period. So it's beating like crazy, but it's accomplishing nothing. It's accomplishing... Or very little. Uh, not enough. Yeah. And, uh, and it keeps trying, it keeps trying. So all the signals through your nervous system or for your heart to speed up and speed up and try to overcome this oxygen deficit. But there's no way to overcome it in the lungs if the lungs have fluid accumulated within because of trauma and if you're in a position that you can't really take full breaths to get enough oxygen in. And so your heart works and works. And in Jesus' case, his heart developed a, <clears throat> a fluid around the outside of the heart between the heart and this thin layer of tissue called the pericardium, which is kind of like saran wrap, really. It's very thin, very clear, and it surrounds the heart. And uh, when the fluid builds up between that tissue and the heart itself, the pericardium is quite stiff. I mean, it is literally kind of like saran wrap. It has very little stretch to it. And so as the fluid builds up, it pushes the heart smaller in size. It pushes into the heart and, uh, and makes the heart unable to fill with blood because the heart fills passively during <clears throat> the cardiac cycle. When the heart relaxes, the blood just naturally flows in from the veins into the heart. But if the heart is compressed by fluid from the outside, not enough blood can go into the heart. Therefore, when the heart beats, not enough blood is ejected. So we have two problems here. <clears throat> we don't have enough oxygen in the blood, and we don't have a heart that's able to push enough blood anyway. And... And that's going to eventually cause a heart attack if the heart keeps beating, and it's going to cause death because you you're don't have enough oxygen. You're, you're literally suffocating because of lack of oxygen, not because you're in the water or because there's no oxygen in the air. It's that your lungs uh, have too much water, and your lung and your body can't expand your chest and contract your chest sufficiently to bring enough air in to the lungs. So... Uh, we, we don't know for sure, but I, you could probably, as a doctor, could, um, was he, do you think he just went unconscious, and then how long would it take for him to die? I think he, uh, my best guess is he probably had a heart attack and died, you know, fairly suddenly from his heart giving out, just from trying to work so hard for so long. Six hours, I know, beating hard at very 
high rates, you know, probably approaching 200 beats per minute, just trying to survive, is the heart's going to give out. <clears throat> and when he died, he died. He, the soldiers came to, you know, to break his legs, and they, they stuck a spear in his side to check to see if he was dead. And a very interesting th thing that comes out in Scripture is that not only did some blood come out when they stuck the spear in, but water came out. And when you hear that, you know, as a physiologist, you say, well, there's no water in the chest. You, if you stuck somebody in the bladder, you know, you might expect to see water come out, but not in the, not in the heart. So where's this water coming from? And obviously it was this fluid that was trapped around the outside of the heart. It's called edema fluid or swelling fluid. And it looks clear. It looks like water. It's kind of salty water because it's your body water. Uh, and that poured out significantly because it punctured the, the area of this sack around the heart. Water came out first. Then some blood came out because there was some residual blood still in the heart. The heart wasn't beating, so you didn't see a gush of blood or a big push of blood because the heart was stopped. Uh, but you see this trickle or flow of water and blood. And that indicates that there was so much pericardial effusion is the term. In other words, water surrounding the heart uh, that the heart couldn't beat, beat effectively or feel effectively and, and push blood out effectively. And that's why he died. And he died from that because he was beaten so much. He was flogged. Uh, he was on the cross for so long. And all these things, uh, you know, are medically known issues that contributed to his death. It's really interesting that the gospel writer mentions that specifically. When the spear went up into his chest, that it was water and blood came out. Yeah, he mentioned it specifically, and he says, I, you know, I, I, I tell you this, you know, because I was a witness to it and to, you know, make you understand, you know, what part of what happened. Of course, I don't think they, they understood the issue of the water, at the, you know, at the time. But it was reported and, and the note made about it because it was important. As a, physiolo a physiologist, I mean, that, that just totally makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense to me when I, when I read it now. But, you know, I've, I wasn't aware of it. It's, you know, when I first read the gospel, I, I didn't even pick up on it until I read this article. This article was written by a surgeon named uh, uh, Edwards, and it was co-written by two other people. It's in the Journal of the American Medical Association, 1985. It was written, and uh, one of the people was a, was a pastor of the church that the surgeon went to. And the other person was a medical illustrator, and he drew all the figures uh, about this that appear in this article. Uh, and it was, it was very well done, very interesting article. That is really interesting. I think it's interesting as we close up and go on to the next segment here, which you want to stay tuned because we're going to hear talk about in the next segment about the response that this presentation has given in different circumstances, especially in a secular university. But I think it's really interesting and telling how much Jesus's death on the cross at that moment had to do with his heart. The heart was the reason why he died on the cross ultimately because it was working and his body started to almost fight against itself. I'm not putting words in the right words here, but I think it's really interesting that the heart was, and, I, and I, the question I ask, and we're going to answer this in the fourth segment, why was the suffering so great? Why could he have not just had his head cut off? He would have been killed. Why was suffering so important during the crucifixion? We're going to talk about that in the next segment. So stay tuned. We'll be back here shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Thanks to our great sponsors like Veritech Generators. If you need a generator for your organization, your business, your home, 
or you need one maintenance, Veritech generators can take care of that. Uh, Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, Dr. Eric Veal and Leah Viola. Uh, they are great folks who sponsor our show. They are located in the Iroquois area, and uh, we want to thank them for being great sponsors and taking care of people. And yeah, yeah, that's my doctor. There my you go. Dan- my, he's my dentist. Eric it, is a super dude. Executive elevators. Uh, if you need an elevator for your business or your home and you want to stay in your home, and you want to use an elevator to get in and out, and you don't want to leave, executive elevators can make that reality happen. And also the Southeast Outlook, the uh, publication that has been putting the stories that God has been writing around the world in print now and online for a couple decades. And um, so as we finish our fourth segment here, I think one of the things that that I'm, I'm really, this was such a brutal death that he went through. And I guess the question I would have is, he could have died a much swifter death. Like why did the father say come down at this time in history and not a hundred years later or 200 years later when he could have just been decapitated with a sword or a guillotine or shot with a bullet? Why, when you study this and talk about this, does that ever come into play? Well, one of the things that I, that I mentioned is that Jesus death on the cross is, is a atonement for sin for all time, from past to now and to the future, um, and there was a lot of suffering and uh, on his part to accomplish that. But you know why God chose to do it that way? You know I don't really know. It maybe a theological question that <clears throat> someone could answer for themselves. There was a lot of humiliation involved in this, and, and quite a spectacle. And I think it was to impress maybe on people for all time, just how important it is. Gary, you, you mentioned in your writings about, uh, in your presentation, that this crucifixion was really prophesied centuries and centuries before. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it was uh, very much so. You know, the Psalms record issues that are clearly uh, crucifixion. When you, when you read them at the time, we didn't have any idea about, you know, I would be pierced for your transgressions and, and uh, people will mock me and encircle me. And Isaiah talks about uh, crucifixion issues and that Jesus would be crucified. And so those things were written 700 years before crucifixion was even invented. So it was before the Romans, before the, they even had that thing. And then they described it pretty well. And then it talks about how in the uh, Psalms how Jesus' would, mouth would be dry and he would be, his heart would melt within him. These kind of things, you know, had no idea what they meant at the time, but as soon as you think back to what we just talked about, his heart melting within him and water coming out, yeah, that's that's what they were predicting. And this is hundreds of years, almost a thousand years before crucifixion was invented, before Jesus went through the process of crucifixion. So God, sovereignty, and he has all this figured out way in advance, uh, and we're just here to learn about it, and, and then appreciate so much what what was accomplished. Well, Gary, I, I want to ask you about when you give this, pre, you, you have given this presentation um, to the doctors and dental students at University of Louisville. I have. And just talk about that and your experience and the perspective of the students. Well, the way that has... Uh, occurred is that there's a group of students at the medical school called uh, CMDA, stands for a Christian Medical Dental Association. And those students meet 
<clears throat> periodically uh, to discuss things about their faith. And uh, they have me, they have noon presentations occasionally, and they have invited me to present this issue uh, at noontime. And they publicize it throughout the school and, and invite other students to come if they want. And they, they serve pizza, so a lot of students come to the lunch meeting. And so this presentation has been heard by uh, students outside of that group. Sometimes the people hear that and, and they, they're not sure what to think about it. And they'll talk to the other students, so it's a good segue into providing for conversations. Sometimes there is opposition uh, from the secular world to hearing about Jesus' death, and and uh, some uh, I think probably disbelief that it's really true. Uh, but we know we know it's true. The Bible's clearly the most documented historical book in the world by far. It's been proven to be accurate, true, and and kept well and and translated well, and so we know. It's true. Uh, when I was in Israel uh, several years ago, and I was, uh, it was a Jewish guide. He, he's not a Christian, but I'm talking about Jesus. He said, oh, abso- absolutely. All, all, what you read in the—he doesn't embrace him as his personal Messiah, but he would adamantly say, yes, Jesus Christ walked this earth. Jesus Christ died a, a horrible, excruciating death. The evidence is— it's yeah. It's yeah. what was the word? What the you, word is irrefutable. Ir- no you, doubt you, about it. He said it's 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 like it's it's like you would say that Abraham Lincoln was not the sixteenth president of the United States. It's it's that pronounced, and he's saying that as a non-Christian. It's I mean, better documented than that. Oh, it's yeah, yes, <laughs> it's yes, incredible. Yeah, Gary, um, talk to our listeners just real quickly about. Eight times, some people call it seven, the seven statements of Jesus. Um, it's actually eight you know, st- uh, sentences of Jesus. And, and they just, uh, the, the, they're longer at the beginning, and then the last one are very, very short. Talk about Yeah, one that. of the things that you think about is that if, you're, if you have trouble exhaling uh, when you're on the cross, that's when you speak. You speak by exhaling air. If you can't exhale, very difficult to talk. Uh, and to say anything so you have to make a, a big effort you have to push up real hard with your legs and then you have to uh, try to expel the volume of air that you've got that you can under control so you can produce words and sentences and so jesus uh, even to try to talk was a great effort and he did but you notice that things he said he said my god my god why have you forsaken me and then later he said father forgive them they know not what they are doing and later he said, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise, talking to one of the thieves on the cross who addressed him. And then he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Dear woman, here is your son, talking to John. And to John he says, here is your mother. And then he says, I am thirsty. The sentences become shorter and shorter. It's hard to talk. And in the end he says, it is finished. Notice that he is not concerned about himself. He is talking about other people, concerned for them, and, and still, you know, undergoing what he knew was going to happen well before it happened. He sweated blood thinking about it before it occurred. It's, it's amazing. Gary, it's been an absolute delight to have you in and to share the truth of Scripture and uh, the medical aspects of Jesus' death. Would you pray for us? Pray for us, guys, that we would Remember in this Easter season the depths of the love of God that he has for us. Yeah, well, thank you. Lord, 
It is so humbling to come to even partially understand what you went through for us on the cross and that you um, paid for our sins in advance and for all the sins of the world by becoming the Lamb of God who was slain for the salvation of the world. And I pray that we'll have confidence in the Bible and what it says. This is not a made-up story. This is a story that was written hundreds and almost a thousand years before it had actually occurred. You can't make up history in advance. This is true. And Lord, I just pray that we respond to that truth and that we keep it in our hearts and that we just know that you are sovereign and that your son has all of this from creation until he comes back again to fix what's wrong with the world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Gary. Thanks so much for coming in. You know, the question asked is, why was it such a humiliating death? Why couldn't it have been swifter and easier? But the truth is, our sin is humiliating to us. I heard someone say once that if you took everything you've ever thought, everything you've ever said, everything you've ever done in your entire life, you put it on a video and played it, you'd be so humiliated you couldn't show your face in public. And Jesus became a curse for us. Every sin that was ever committed by you and anybody else was poured upon him. And while he was stripped naked on the cross or nearly naked, he was trying to be humiliated and yet he never lost his identity. He knew who he was and they could not take that and they thought they were killing Christianity, but it was flourishing after that. And we're here today because the message is still moving along and the king is still alive. And he's sitting on his throne waiting to come back. Thank you for listening to the show. We pray you are walking with that king. And if not, tell somebody about it, and we'd love to be a part of that. So thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. Solid Steps Radio.